you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This one is batted into the air and picked off. Todd Davis leaps for the touchdown. Here's a little toss to Sanders. Going to throw it. Diving catch for the touchdown to Sutton. Blitz coming. Pass is picked off. Harris. Chris Harris got a lane to the end zone for the touchdown. Keenum with all kinds of time. Airs it out all alone is Sanders. He will walk into the end zone with a flip at the end of it. Very rarely do you see a game that from the very first kickoff, it's over. Right off the bat, the Denver Broncos dominant 45-10 to 10 win over the Arizona Cardinals at the farm. Send the entire Cardinals team to the farm. Uh, kiss them goodbye because it's all over for an organization that is heading toward a complete rebuild if they don't realize it yet. And I think they might. Dan Hans is here along with the Sizzler. Mark Sessler about to get to all uh, the week seven games to come on, on Sunday and Monday. But let's start and we won't linger on this game because, Mark, this was as one sided as a game gets this season. When you look at the best players in the league and they promise you days ahead of time what is going to happen in a game, it puts a lot of pressure on them. Von Miller said we're going to come out on the road and kick this Cardinals team's ass. And Von Miller generated two fumbles, it could have been three, and played in one of the best games I've ever seen him play in his entire career. And you're absolutely right. From the very beginning, with the first pick six that came less than a minute into this game by Todd Davis, 20 yards, it was so clear that the Broncos were on a different level than a Cardinals offense that is so lost at sea that they're unwatchable, and you cannot feel anything but bad for Josh Rosen, who I think has a ton of potential but is stuck inside a completely lost scheme. It's We have no idea if Mike McCoy is going to have a job tomorrow at this time. We did wonder that about Vance Joseph coming in, and the one thing I took away is that this Denver roster played for him very hard. Yeah, this, this is a get-well game for the Broncos. Absolutely. Uh, John Elway called that defense soft. Heading into this game, they finished the game with five turnovers and two pick sixes. And I'm, and I'm sure all of Elway's cronies in the press are going to call it Elway magic uh, and, and say that it was him that motivated the team. Whatever. Good win against the overmatched Cardinals team. Uh, you, it's, when you watch this game, you forget how bad Denver has looked because they look like a Super Bowl team here. And now they get a 10-day rest before they head to Kansas City in Arrowhead. And I'd like to see which version of the Broncos show up in that game, but this is the Denver defense we'd waited all season for, Mark. They showed up. Do you think this is a, a sign of this team ready to make a move, or more the Cardinals are that bad? Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you and I and nine other people in our building could potentially put together a defense that might be able to stop the Cardinals offense, uh, potentially, but Denver did everything right tonight, and it was also, you look at a guy like Philip Lindsay, who had had a couple quiet weeks, 
absolutely stunning performance by him. I thought the Broncos, it was like if, they, if they're a bad team, they could have gotten up early and found a way to let Arizona back in. They absolutely did not do that. There was no moment in this game where you thought anything about the result was going to be secure for Denver. And they're 3-4. and four. You do have the Chiefs up next, and so the advanced Joseph questions may linger. Uh, you know, after that game, we'll find out. But this was the Broncos team that I think Chris Wessling fell in love with for two weeks before they turned into such a nightmare for four. And you mentioned Von Miller with the quote that we're going to kick their ass, and they did. Steve Wilkes also threw out a quote that I'm sure he, he wishes he didn't earlier this week. He said his job and everybody's job uh, associated with the Cardinals is going to be in trouble if we don't show up on Thursday night. And they did not show up on Thursday night. So then what? What kind of message does that send uh, to your team? I, I hated that Wilkes said that, and it blew up in his face. He just has, and I, I, you don't root for this, Steve Wilkes has that one-and-done look to him, one of the coaches that don't make it past the first year. And it might not all be his fault because you get the idea that ownership in Arizona, especially after Steve, Steve Kimes' tremendously embarrassing DUI incident, and then this bomb of a season, which has 3-13 and 13 written all over it, that they might just blow it up and do the move that you see a lot that's popular in football right now is get rid of the defensive coach. you got a young stud quarterback. Go find the hot shot offensive coordinator and start over. That feels like that's where we're heading. Yeah, because you know, in Wilkes, everyone talks about it. Troy Aikman, they love the guy. That he's one of the better guys in the game. But that said, I mean, the, the Cardinals are the most disorganized team in football right now. And he's a defensive coach in the defense is a disaster right now as well. So what are you pointing to? I think you're right. You have Josh Rosen. This can't continue. You can't you have to show the team if the, if they're if they're this bad, we'll make changes as well. And to me, I mean, they looked like completely two different football teams tonight. And my last thought, uh, Mr. Sessler, uh, is it's really tough seeing Larry Fitzgerald getting hospital balls thrown his way in the fourth quarter of a 42-10 game. David Johnson averaging three yards a carry. Patrick Peterson uh, getting toasted. Uh, clearly, maybe not the same motivation level, stuck on one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, trade all these guys. And I include Larry Fitz in that mix. This this Arizona team, complete rebuild is necessary. And you have some really tradable pieces. Nobody ever gets traded. The deadline's at the end of this month. Wouldn't it make sense if some of these guys are playing elsewhere? Especially if they're open to it and someone like Larry Fitzgerald who just, you know, you could see it in his eyes tonight. If he has a chance to go somewhere, get into the playoffs and have one more shot at a Super Bowl, why would he not want that potentially? I get the legacy in Arizona, but right now the Cardinals are not just bad. They're even worse. They're boring. Right. They're boring, and it's a tough way to watch Fitzgerald go out. And it wouldn't change his legacy. He'll always be a Cardinal, Absolutely. but maybe if he could chase a title on the way out the door, that'd be great. Anyway. It's like we'll always be NFL.com employees. Always. If we're lucky. This is the ceiling, Mark. This is it. This is it. Forty-five <laughs> ten. Broncos roll now to the rest of Week 7 preview time. The Around the NFL podcast. Doesn't pay me for this. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Matt Money Smith has income, five different streams of income that we know of and probably five others that we don't know of. Does he really need us to chip in what would be probably $25 a week for, for I love that? this theory that he has 10 streams of income. I, for one, think his, worth, his work is worth more than $25 a week. That's all we could afford, though, because uh. no one's paying us to do. <laughs> what if we either? start like a little Venmo? Uh, just like the that. four of us, maybe we chip in like five bucks a month or a month, something like that. I mean, we're all on budgets. Uh, we don't get the big boy money. 
Uh, and then uh, I feel like, it, if anything, it will be like a kind of a acknowledgement more than real income. Yeah, it's it's the thought that counts. Yeah. All right. Good plan. Send him like a beer of the month thing. He hasn't complained. One beer. Yeah. One beer <laughs> but of the he month. has not complained formally about this. So that coming through in the, the open, problematic, a little worrisome. Uh, but until it's actually something that's behind the scenes, I'm not going to worry about it yet. <laughs> Good strategy. You just heard at the top of the show, uh, Sessler and I talking a little Broncos Cardinals. Uh, but that's not all we're going to talk about on today's show. We have a lot to get to. Can't, th- can't believe Elway fired Vance Joseph right after the game, you know. <laughs> On the field. He got interviewed after the game, and he said, you're gone. No, no, no. Missed opportunity there. You're fired. <laughs> I do like that we always assume that we're going to make it to whatever we're supposed to do tonight. What if something were to happen to one of us or both of us? Well, today is Sean Very presumptive. Sean that would be the, le- the least of our problems is fixing the yeah. podcast. Sean Sullivan, Sully, it's his last day here at NFL Media, which we're very uh, upset about. Uh, <laughs> his going away party is tonight. So here's another little, you know, peel back the curtain. So we're recording this preview podcast. Then there's about a six-hour window before Mark and I convene to record the top of the show. Daddy's going to have a couple pops, okay? Daddy's going to be at the local tavern celebrating Sean Sullivan. So, wait, so. You're, you're the daddy, right? Always, okay. son. <laughs> this daddy will be here working the game, so I will if – you, if you feel – in a weird place, yeah. I will do what I can to carry the segment people have already listened to. You're not going to come in between, Mark? You're not going to watch it at the bar? No. I'll be uh, writing a totally listless game review for NFL.com than going after. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to be totally listless, why not just go to the bar? I've already told them that it's going to be one of the worst what we learns they've ever read. Um, okay, so. That, I'm sure this is going to be a good seg that you already heard. Uh, but for what we're about to do, we're going to spin through the rest of the NFL in week seven. Wow, we're already here. Week seven. Uh, we are flying. Uh, four teams on by this week. The Packers, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Seahawks. Uh, but so much to get to. And uh, why don't we do it? Let's let's get to it. Let's, uh, you know, anybody buy the lotto ticket, by the way? $900 million. First I've heard of it. No. Mega yeah. million jackpot. I've not heard of this. They've always got some sort of lottery thing going. Oh, is that why I had to wait in line for an hour at like 7-Eleven the other day? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. To get your 7-Eleven fruit punch that you were drinking yesterday? Never drinking that again. One of the worst investments anyone's ever made is yeah. before Wednesday show. I looked to Wes's left, and he has a 7-Eleven fruit punch. And even the color was <laughs> visibly right. off. It's it just like sh- you don't you don't do that. What it. did it advertise as its, as its primary selling point? <laughs> Made with real sugar. <laughs> I like like I checked the ingredients for Wes and like the fourth ingredient down was actually cancer. Yeah, <laughs> I was like I was like the end's full. Get some cancer. Don't need to go down that road again. Well, no, Wes already had cancer, so you, you can't. <laughs> it's like chicken. Oh, pox, true. Right? Yeah, 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 it's fine. It's chicken pox. Okay. Basically, I have as much knowledge as, uh, of cancer as Greg does of the legal system after the <laughs> Judge Ito thing from yesterday. <laughs> Some people weren't upset with Judge Ito based on the uh, just saying he the, steered it in a, the final he was, deliberations he was fair. He was fair to, he was fair to OJ. <laughs> fair man. That's I don't even know if you know that's true. He was he was he lost control of the court really. It was a, a that was a, that was a, a distinctive job. takeaway yeah. about mm. about that judge that judge work. They needed somebody to keep it from becoming a circus, and uh, Lance didn't get it done. Greg, well, Ito Smith is you know <laughs> should be ashamed. All right, let's get to the games. Uh, let's start in London. Got a little hey, London. Oh. 
Oh, you got a little London? Got a little London music for us? A little, uh... Yeah, definitely. Their equivalent of the Star Spangled Banner. Ooh, that would be controversy if everyone got down on one knee during uh, Ooh, I the like England that. National Anthem. Little, it would be a little confusing. Very confusing. I mean, it's sort of it's assumed that we don't buy into their anthem based on the history of our country. but. Um, well, all right. Here we go. The Tennessee Titans coming off a distressing shutout loss to the Ravens. And all the heroes that were behind the Titans got a little quiet recently. And the Titans fans <laughs> themselves, I haven't heard much from you guys in the mentions. You're 3-3, three and three, and now you got to go to London to face the Chargers, playing their balls off right now. Doing a nice job, the Bolts. They're 4-2. and two. Uh, They went to Cleveland, a place where it had been tough to play this season, and they didn't make it look tough at all. Beat up on the Browns. So here we go, Mark Sessler. Uh, Mariota and the Titans, there's there's nowhere to go but up after getting sacked 11 or 12 times. You like their chances this week in uh, in London? In that category, potentially, but I, I, I do not. And these, these poor London fans who have been forced to watch a lot of bad games in London where the average margin of victory has been 26.2 points uh, over the last five games there. And I don't know if this will be the week that that – gets corrected entirely. The Titans' defense, I think, has to essentially, and they've been good, play a perfect game to have a chance to win this one because their offense has been unwatchable. And if you go back and watch that Chargers-Browns game, you said it, Dan, you're absolutely right. Cleveland, who's been edgy throughout the season, got beat up by the Chargers thoroughly. And it's not just their offense, which is getting a career year from Phillip Rivers and has the best backfield duo in the league right now. Their defense is improving by the week. Well, they're one of the most creative and effective teams blitzing in the league, l- largely because of Derwin James. But G- Gus Bradley mixes it up a lot more than, you know, the the Seahawks used to. It's quite a different you know type of attack. And then you think about the Titans. Who is worse right now that handling pressure than the Titans? They had no clue what Baltimore was sending at them. So that that's a matchup if you're Mariota or even just blocking one on one. They're struggling, but especially blitzes. You have to think Bradley's saw that tape, and they're going to be sending the house at the Titans to, to see if they can handle it. Why not? What's what's the downside to sending the house? Who's going to burn you on this Titans offense? Nobody in, respects In theory, the Corey receiver. Davis, I don't know. Taewon Taylor, Marcus Mariota, we're just giving up forever. They can't uh, run the ball very they well. They can run the ball. And Matt LaFleur, who I praised early in the year for coaching well around some injuries, he's supposed to be from the Shanahan-McVay school. Those guys have the best running games in the league. And LaFleur's got nothing. Like, where's this ground attack? I mean, there is the personnel. I I have not made a worse take on this show, I don't think, this season than believing that that Titans win over the Eagles was (laughs) somehow the most momentous, you know, like life-changing win of the season for any team because they've gone completely – in the tank after that, to the point where you're right. Like Mike Malarkey got a lot of grief for the la- for about three years in Tennessee, and they're worse right now than they ever were with Malarkey. The one thing they did in that Eagles game was they got to Carson Wentz. They put pressure right up the middle, and can you do that against the Chargers? I mean, I don't know. I, the Chargers to me have so many different weapons, and look, and they just they they can kill you through the air on the deep pass, and they also they're the way that they run the ball. Gordon looks phenomenal right now. Wait, they, they've had injuries at offensive tackle, and usually when that happens to the Chargers, like everything falls apart, you know. But instead, you go to Cleveland, you protect it up well. You got Tyrell Williams, you have 
Mike Williams has added a really physical element. They have five receivers on pace for 550 yards, and I think in this matchup, Titans have a good defense, but Malcolm Butler's having a terrible season. I think he's ranked 100. Oh, they picked on him. On 110 qualifiers. He's getting picked on week after week. Uh, making a lot of money. For I guess to Tennessee. stay seated while he's uh, discussing this topic. Mike, Malcolm Butler is one of my favorite all-time NFL players, so I, well, I got to stay seated for him. As poorly as Crabtree played against Denzel Ward, he owned Malcolm Butler last. And and that's happened week after week. And that's the good thing about the Chargers is it doesn't have to be Keenan Allen. It could be Mike Williams. It could be uh, Tyrell Williams. It could be any of those guys. How Mark Sessler. Yes. The designated home team in these London games, which is the Chargers in this game. Eight and fourteen in twenty-two affairs. Make it nine and fourteen. Well, tell me why that's the case. Why have the, why is the designated home team struggled? Is there any logic to it? I would imagine that from a franchise angle, if one of your home games is suddenly like thousands of miles away, that there's an element of agitation. Well, I have a I have a theory that bad teams they keep sending bad teams teams with bad stadium situations the rams mm, the chargers like the titans it was the I mean, jaguars that, before they and got the good. jaguars have gotten yeah. good but they've been there every year so it the bucks it's and they'll probably seem- try to send a better team to even yeah, it out exactly yeah. like the Patriots that's a better theory a than my of- agitation <laughs> factor yours didn't seem bad in the moment <laughs> then greg's was real good um gentlemen um i i was aboard this i don't like the titans uh train for Really, for years on this podcast. You've been the conductor. I'm really enjoying it. And the one thing I feel like I haven't done enough is lock up against them. So I'm locking up the Chargers this week. I like that. Get out the Titans. Let's move on. Ooh, the New England Patriots coming up back-to-back home games in primetime two dubs. They're looking really good at four and two. Back to being the Pats, and they're scoring a ton of points. And here's a nice test against the Chicago Bears. Uh, and uh, Wes, you would think that this would be a good time uh, for New England to go to Chicago because the Bears kind of crashed down to earth last week against Miami. But that that game smelled like a trap game uh, for the Bears, and they got caught sleeping. I imagine the Bears are going to show up with a lot more purpose and resolve, and I like their chances in this game. Do you? Well, I think it depends if Khalil Mack plays or not. Yeah. He's he's hobbled this week. He hasn't practiced, and it doesn't sound like they're all that optimistic. Ian Rapport said on on the air today he didn't think it was serious, and that they they do think he'll play. He did struggle last week, though. He played the whole game and and didn't do anything. Well, I think that the Patriots have decided they got to win with offense now, and that's what you saw last week. I want to know if Mitch Trubisky can hang with Tom Brady in a shootout, mm. because I think the Patriots are going to score points. Their offense is fixed now. I'm not saying it's the best offense they've ever had there, but I think it's fixed. They're going to score points, and there's no doubt in my mind that Trubisky can hang with, with Brady in a shootout the way he's done it the last two weeks, but he could also go in the tank. So, I mean, he has that potential. He's making throws. He hit Taylor Gabriel in stride last week, hit Tariq Cohen in stride last week for big plays. If uh, Jordan Howard doesn't fumble at the goal line, if Trey Burton doesn't get a, a – a pass interference penalty. The Bears win that game, and it's. I don't think they lost because Drabisky played poorly. No, I think, like, also, fun. if you're New England, you can't. they cannot rush the passer. No team in the league has fewer sacks. That gives you a shot if you're Chicago. I would love to see them try to dial up a Trey Burton Philly special in this game mm. against the Patriots. Why would you not do that? <laughs> the, the Patriots maybe have an advantage playing Andy Reid 
and Matt Nagy in back-to-back weeks, they certainly got creative. And I think Belichick knows they're not creating any pressure on their own. And they got way more aggressive last week with some blitzes. And they did, you know, make Mahomes make some poor throws by sending a lot at him. So you would think they'd be they'd be prepared for this game. Uh, and I want to see Josh Gordon get. I think their offense is getting there, but then the final step is Gordon and Tom Brady being on the same page because the timing isn't quite there quite yet, but they're. They threw it to him nine times last week. If he becomes a huge factor, then watch out. Brady is throwing 100 more yards per game since Edelman's returned. I mean, they they have a stockade of weapons in West because I know you were not on the Sony Michelle train. Maybe you still aren't, but straight three straight 100-yard games, the first Patriots running back to do that since Corey Dillon. Are you more impressed with him? I am, and there was always a little bit more nuance in my Sony Michelle take. That first game he played, he was oh, absolutely right back at you, Sessler. I'm not well, suggesting get, there was. I get a lot of this on Twitter. <laughs> I'm asking his back, opinion because I care. The first game back, he was absolutely awful. Since then, he's been very decisive. He's gotten downhill. My specific criticism is he doesn't have the speed to beat people to the edge, and I wondered if that was from the knee surgery. He just didn't look the same as he did at Georgia, but he is looking better. He's, he kinda, he's, he's turned into their, their LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, it's certainly not the body type, but he doesn't play on passing downs. They really don't send him out on routes. He's just kind of a, a straight-ahead hammer with some real explosiveness. As you – ooh, straight-ahead hammer with real explosiveness. I mean, I'm saying he, they haven't I, had an explosive. He has not been explosive. Is that he, an Erica Taposi ad read? I, I disagree. I think when he gets go, when he gets go, that's the first five yards, <laughs> he goes, and and he has like that, that it's more one de- to 50. It's more decisiveness right, than boys. explosion. He's running through big holes too. As a Patriots hater, I'm not – thrilled about this Sony Michelle James White tandem. They yeah, throw to, in Edelman and Josh Gordon and Gronkowski and everyone else. No, all that's fine, but like the backfield in particular, it seems really effective. Not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. The Buffalo Bills and their high-flying starter Derek Anderson uh, hit the road uh, to face the Colts, uh, who are in a free fall right now. Uh, they have lost four straight uh, it is not an Andrew Luck problem. It's a basically an everything else problem and a health problem. But listen, Greg, you stop making excuses for the Colts. Win a game. You got the Bills and Derek Anderson in town. Let's get to two and five. Come on. Yeah, you got to win this game. But it's amazing in 2018 that I feel like if you're a, a Colts fan, you're like, ah, you know, kind of bad luck we got Derek Anderson. I mean, is there? I don't have any question that Derek Anderson, with virtually no pra- practice, will be a better option than Josh Allen or Nathan Peterman is. Cause he, How can you say he, that? He, here's why. Because the, the Bills have the second worst offense of all, all time through six weeks, according to the Football Outsiders DVOA efficiency. And you can see it when you're watching it. And they've got an okay running game the last few weeks. So that's almost all passing. It's one of the worst passing games, I would say, of the century. And I think Derek Anderson will be able to throw a couple passes to Kelvin Benjamin or do something Let's find better. out. Let's better. find out. Because I'm just Josh, saying he's not going to be the worst. Josh Allen's mobility hides a lot of sins on that offensive line, and this is one of the worst rosters in the league on offense. I don't think you can put it all on the quarterback, and we'll find out how Derek Anderson looks because Nathan Peterman didn't look any better than Josh Allen. The only thing about P- – I mean, if, you, if you're if you Derek right Anderson, you don't, like, turn the ball over four times in the game, you're probably – Higher than Peterman on this 30, list. What is he, 35, 36 years old? And he's never it, moved well. He's probably a sloth at this point in his career. What's he been doing while not playing? Right. Do we assume that Derek Anderson's been like a workout warrior? Or is he nah. sort of like, I feel like well, he's like mowing his lawn and like you know, drinking beers. When the big sell from uh, Bills Inc. is 
Well, Derek's going to be okay because he worked with the offensive coordinator in 2009. <laughs> what? It's like a different it's, league. And, and he's got a great matchup. So his, his numbers are almost naturally going to be better just because he's playing the Colts. We'll see about that. Who are, who are so banged up. But the Colts do get T.Y. Hilton back. Uh, you've got, you know, Eric Ebron finally, like, self-actualizing. He's, like, fulfilling yeah. the potential. So that's, you know, they have a little How did he not do that news. in Detroit, by the way? He had the quarterback for it. I think it got in his head. He he was prone to drops, and then after a while, it sounded like the fans up there would give him a hard time. He no was matter. getting critiqued every yeah. week and getting killed on Twitter and probably one of the fresh start people that needed it most. Hey, you're a professional ball player. Your job is to phase that stuff out. He's still I mean, a human being. Bills have a – I wouldn't – would it be that surprising if the Bills Disagree. won, though? I mean, they have a sh- they have one of the only maybe shutdown type of corners right now in Tredavious White. Matt Milano's playing great. I mean, they're one of the better defenses. We should not the be surprised. They not. Every couple surprised. weeks they do this. They, they should have won it last week. Uh, moving on, the Houston Texans. I'm not, I'm not going to call them the hottest team in the league because three straight wins. <laughs> but they none are of, not. None of them really lit the world on fire, but they are on a three-game winning streak, and now they're facing another 3-3 three and three team in the Jaguars who are trying to figure things out right now, uh, Mark, because in their last two games, they've been outscored. And it's a math here, 14 plus 7 is 21. 40 plus 30, obviously 70. 70 to 21. They've been outscored. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the defense is struggling. Blake Bortles is struggling. Uh, and Heron was asked, you know, how do you get your team out of this funk? Unfortunately, I learned the only way to start playing better is you got to work your ass off. You got to work hard. You got to go back there. You got to coach better. All right. We got to play better. I've got to do a better job. Because, and, and that's, that's how simple as it is. I mean, it's like that in anything in life. I don't care what it is, whether it's football, whether it's family, whether it's work, whatever it may be, you know, sometimes, hey, you eat some shit and you go out there and you and, and you get your, you know, get your acting gear. So Doug said they're eating a little S, but they're ready to roll forward. Do you believe it, Mark? He said more than that. He said a lot. It's uh, going back and looking at that Cowboys game. Or So the last two weeks, like you pointed out, they've given up 70 points. So what are you hanging your hat on with defense? And – that offensive performance against the Cowboys was so concerning. Dallas has a great defense at this at this point in the season, but they had 60 yards into the third quarter on offense, and there were two plays by Blake Bortles threw an incredibly awful interception, and also took a sack that moved them out of field goal range at one point. And I don't. I look at this game and say, if you don't get right against the Texans, I don't know what we think about the Jaguars going forward. They have. I to, don't. They have to take the here we go again out of their offense. Because the defense is going to look at Bortles and look at that offense and these worst-case scenario starts to the game, and they don't play as hard. Well, last week, though, was the defense. I mean, they could not get off the field. They gave up 24 points on four straight long drives to the Cowboys, and the, the, the Jaguars certainly started slow on offense. It was a couple. I mean, Dallas put them away out. by halftime. They, you knew they, that game was They over. were giving up pressure, and that is one thing that's because I think the Jaguars thought their offensive line was going to be a lot better this year. They've lost a couple left tackles. They gave a lot of money to Andrew Norwell, who blew a block on the second drive of that game, actually, to give up a sack that, that killed that drive. They're struggling They're to protect Bortles. They're on the third string left tackle. Right. They, so if you're struggling to protect Bortles, you've got no hope, and now you're going up against the Texans, who, you know, we've been waiting for, let's, you know, football gods, give us one season of J.J. Watt and uh, Clowney together. Well, here it's happening. Here it is. It's been happening. Yeah, thank your gods. Thanks, God. You're always asking the football gods. Good job, God. And, and we moan at the football gods, and then they give us what we want, and we don't even say, well, thank right. you. I just, I just, I'm not sure that's atop everyone's wish list. I have some other wishes from the football gods that have gone unfulfilled they, up to now. 
The Jaguars defense, uh, yeah. We Beside sh- the point, Mark. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm giving it up. That's why I brought it up. Good. Way to go. No, that was a good job. G-O-D. Jacksonville last year generated turnovers. and Wait, is God and the football gods different people? Very much so. Oh, yeah. You said G-O-D, which I that's different. I think he kind of he furries that out yeah. to the FG. This is like a lower really... umbrella of deities. Yeah. I don't think this is the top thing. Is this the theology pot? They're both human constructs. Yeah. I re- yeah. I'm kind of with Wes. Yeah. Ooh. Are we here? Are we having the conversation? Welcome to the theology podcast. For the next two hours, we're going to dig into God, real, imagined. Where is he? Or she? I think Deshaun Watson might Suddenly be Suddenly turned into John McLaughlin from McLaughlin. <laughs> that wasn't. Deshaun Watson might have a crisis of faith. No one can keep him clean. No Look one at can that. protect him. He's taken 20 more hits than any other quarterback in the league. And you're starting to see it, see the effect of it where he's expecting it to come and he's bailing out and just like there there's very few plays where he just kind of rolls back and gets rid of the so ball. So now you're going to go into Jacksonville with Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe and expect the tackles to keep you clean? I'm, no. I'm, ex- I'm surprised they don't – they're not doing anything with him on the run. And and the Cowboys, for instance, last week started to mix in some plays where they used Prescott's mobility. They've almost overcorrected. I know they don't want it you know, to expose Deshaun Watson, but he's getting exposed trying to play pocket quarterback. I think they, they're – Wasting his gifts by not using him on the same thing as Mariota in the Titans. Mm. All right, let's move on. The Detroit Lions coming off uh, their bye at two and three, head to Miami to face the Dolphins. And once again, there will be no Ryan Tannehill. We talked about it a little bit on Wednesday's show, but the shoulder injury, which uh, in a press conference today, Adam Gase said surgery is not on the table at this time for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but that doesn't mean uh, we're going to see Ryan Tannehill anytime soon. In fact, the NFL is digging around to see if the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, gave us uh, gave the general public and the, the league enough info on this Tannehill injury, so keep an eye on that. But it will be once again. Oh yeah, it's Brocktober! Brocktober! Everybody! Everybody rock! In Brocktober! Just go right to the next game. Thank you, Vince Neal. <laughs> there are people that tweeted us and say occasionally something will happen on the show where either they're on a subway and they look psychotic because they're laughing or they're responding or they simply almost drive their car off like a British highway. That's why this happens. <laughs> wow. I'm sweating profusely after that. Wow. <laughs> but I was Listen, able to hit performer. the notes because I, I got my health back. No, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have a heart attack. Um that rock the cradle of love? That does have – definitely not, Wes, because that not. would be No, that would be litigious. illicit. Anyway, where were we? Oh, Brock this Osweiler's game. starting yeah. again. He's feeling good about himself. Do you feel good about him, Greg? Oh, I mean, Wes? <laughs> <laughs> this – no, I don't. I'll, I oh. don't think I'll ever feel good. I, I think Greg's right that there's not much difference in this offense between Osweiler and Tannehill. It's just get the ball into Albert Wilson's and Jakeem's Grant's hands and let them do their magic. 
But this is a sneaky, huge game this week. Whoa, really? Yes. Can you take really? either of these teams seriously oh. if they lose? Uh, the loser of this no. game, I can't take them seriously. No, I'm with you. Can you take the winner seriously? <laughs> I mean, at least they have. At least I'm not writing them off. Well, I would the, take Miami. I, I, I think Miami is probably ultimately an eight and eight team. Are you uh, going to take them seriously? Then you can't take them seriously. So, in, no. Tannehill's injury is gonna, like. No, 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 no. Although I don't think that Tannehill was a massive game changer for this team, but I, I really like what they did against the Bears last week. That they're a much better team at home, but I don't take them like they're not a five and eleven team to me. They're going to keep oh. knocking people off every couple weeks. They're they're the hard. These are two of the hardest teams to figure. Yeah, especially the Dolphins, because if you really look at what the you know we if you look at what the Dolphins have done week after week, other than the Patriots game. It, it, they look like a pretty good team. I mean, they, they look like they, a team that could win or lose every game. Yeah, they right. they went up and down the field on the Bears' defense, which we couldn't stop talking about how how great they were. The Lions, I do think, started to get a little more cohesive on offense before the bye. I know they didn't put up a lot of yards uh, against the Packers, but they have a, a number one type of receiver in Kenny Galladay. They have on Johnson playing pretty well. I think Stafford might have played his best two games right before the bye. Like, they're, they're coming up a little bit. Oh, they are. The Dolphins are pulling off a pretty neat trick right now. They're 4-2, and two, which is 666 winning That's percentage. a neat trick in itself. And that was, yeah. If you want so to round up, go 667. 667. So they've won you. four of their first six <laughs> games. You're more accurate. And they are the uh, 25th ranked defense and the 27th ranked offense. That's a pretty neat trick. Yeah, but yard, yardage is is nonsense. Well, like like it's I said, like, they, let's get rid of yardage. I'm the 49ers saying, are the 39. They could have easily won or lost or every game they played except for the Patriots. They've that, had great they've it. had great special teams, and overall they've had a very good defense, a top 10 defense um, by Football Outsiders, and they've made a lot of plays on special teams. That's been a big four thing. words: regression to the mean. <laughs> to the extent that uh oh, ooh, I'm breaking the streak. I'm taking a road game. Oh, you're going to lose this week. That would be breaking I'm the streak, I'm taking a road team for the first time all year, and maybe the first time since we've done this. I'm taking the Lions. I'm blocking it up. Hmm. You okay with that? Yeah, wait. I'm go. fine with it. I'm, I mean, I'm, why I'm, would there be any problem why would there? <laughs> No, Brock Osweiler. I, I'm exhausted I, with this. Like, every, every one of these locks the has to check out easy. with everyone. I was going to take the yes. Chargers, and I was like, no, nah, that's too easy. They're so clearly better than the Titans. They're, right? Yeah, they're they're right at the line. They're at the touchdown favorite line that the rule the rule. Where is it? Where are we at on this, that, that we talk about this because we don't talk about these things? Or, at this point, no one seems to care. You know, they talk about it on every other <laughs> network. We've been talking about it all. Thing. No one's listening to this podcast. Uh, Come at me, bro. What's the spread oh, of this no, game? Oh, that's a bad Oh, moment. in this game? I don't know. I would guess the Dolphins are one point <laughs> favorite. Now we're just talking now about Greg's just an odds maker in Vegas. Greg authoring his own league policy <laughs> here on the show. <laughs> He's got one of those green visors. Right, and the big glasses like Robert De Niro at the end of Casino. Like the, the lenses that are like three inches thick. Uh, Greg, you may find that uh, our employer you are definitely ending does not up in agree Vegas, with you. by the way, Greg. When you're 75 and uh, – pull a Musburger. No, I'm, I'm going to go – yeah, like you'll be alone. At, this will be the end of your life, and you'll be <laughs> at a nice condo in San Diego with the big thick glasses and like 11 TVs in your, in your living room, and that will be how you live out your days. And you'll be very happy. In San Diego. <laughs> or maybe he's like an East Coast, like Foxwoods guy. I'm following the casino template because I recently watched that. That's where De Niro ends up after Vegas mm. kicks him out. Pulling a Paul Brown. I mean, you know, <laughs> by then it'll be legal online everywhere, and you can just go. You can no, double all the way back. Stadium. You know, 
the league office will be like have sponsors in it and stuff. Greg's like, let's keep talking about. I think this. we're gonna have televisions when Greg's seventy five. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe. <laughs> Anything else on this game? Go. Oh, so West locked it up. West, by the way, six and zero. Oh, which this would be. I, I I know it from the ATN Lock It Up Twitter handle. The record, I believe, is Mark Sessler uh, had six locks in a row at one point. Last year, I believe it was. So, Wes, if you get your lines to give you a W, you're alone now in the record. Now they're my lines. Yeah, but guess what? I'm going to do that again. Imagine putting it all all on the line with the lines. That is, that's ballsy. Let's move on. The Minnesota Vikings, here they come. Three-point favorites. No respect for Brocktober. The lines are, well, damn. Brocktober! I'm gonna have so much fun with this. <laughs> the Vikings, three, two, and one. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of hang, hand wringing, especially uh, from the old Zeuser. I thought the Dalton, the Vikes were in deep trouble, but two really nice wins in a row here uh, at Philly. And then uh, they took care of business against the Cardinals. Now they head to the Meadowlands to face the Jets, who are playing their best ball of the season. Back-to-back wins uh, against the Broncos and Colts. So they end a three-game homestand, as it were, uh, against the Vikings. Big game here, Greg, uh, for both teams. Are the Vikings back on track? Let's start there. Are you all in now on the Vikings again? I never was. I didn't have them in the playoffs for you know going into the season. So they are certainly – playing better I my question for this game kind of is are they going to get after Sam Darnold we saw what Sam Darnold can do when he's protected he had all day against Indianapolis and he looked fantastic uh it's making he's making Jets games a lot more fun to watch and the Vikings I think do really miss Everson Griffin and that hasn't totally showed up yet they're playing this, this guy Stephen Weatherly basically every snap they're not rotating like they used to and I think this is a game where if they can protect Darnold, and Daniel Hunter's great, but if they can protect Darnold anywhere close to how they did a week ago, they're, they're going to have a shot. Let me ask you one thing, because we just did a heat check on the Dolphins, and the Jets, two wins in a row, a lot of good play from Darnold, a lot of reasons for optimism. You've beaten the Lions, Broncos, and Colts. Is this the kind of game, if you're going to look at the Jets and say you've got to be super competitive against the Vikings, if not pull this off at home, for us to buy into you the same way we're asking to buy into Miami or the Lions or one of these other teams? I think so. I don't think right now they should be lumped in with the wild card contenders. Um, Just from what I've seen from them so far, as much as I've enjoyed the last two weeks, I don't think either of those teams are very good. Um, But if they play really well against the Vikings and – and Wes, we talked a little bit about this earlier this week. If Darnold puts together another good performance, uh, this time against a real defense that's getting after him, yes. and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, this kid, it might have clicked for this kid. Yeah. And he's flying now. Like yep. uh, That can happen with a special rookie quarterback. Uh, then – Forget about it. I might even be here on Sunday night. If the Jets like, if the Jets like win thirty to fourteen on on Sunday, I'm going to be so bullish about this team in a wide open AFC. It will be ridiculous. Now we, you'll be very pleasant to. We deal were with, here for with, no for the I think what was it the 2015 Jets? Yes, which is you know talked about like you know it was like the 60 69 Mets in this. They're playoffs. honoring that team. This, <laughs> they're honoring that <laughs> team yeah, this they, Sunday. That's such, that's such a spoiled Patriots fan sentiment, by the way. Teams that are bad when we are 10 and five. That's what I, all of, That's a season that we enjoy. And we I, look back. I on get fondly. it. That's my point. Yeah. Is that you were 
flying. Fitz Magic, baby. Before all this Bucks malarkey, Fitz Magic was at the Meadowlands, and it was a lot That's of fun. That's my point, is you were flying that season yes. with that team. And and if the Jets win this game and you have Sam Darnold, I would expect even you to be better. flying even higher. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you, are you giving it the good old litmus test game? This is a litmus test game, yeah, for sure. I think so. It's an LTG. They they miss Everson and Griffin, but Daniil Hunter is the only player in the league with a sack in every game. He's already has as many sacks as all of last year. Uh, Might be on your midseason All-Pro team. How about that? Oh yeah, a- Anthony um, Anthony Barr. I thought had his best game last week. Harrison Smith made some big plays. This is still a good defense, even without Everson Griffin. Vikings are catching the Jets. By the way, I don't think the Jets are going to win. I want the Jets to win. But that, but you have to I, – if I were in the same situation, I would not walk around saying I think they're going to win. But you have to be excited about But I do that the all the time because right. I'm one of those rare Jets optimists, Jets fan optimists. But they are – the Vikings are catching the Jets at a very good time. Jets are super banged up, especially at wide receiver where I don't even know who's playing this week. Almost everyone is uh, questionable or out. And they're secondary. Uh, they're missing, again, Trumaine Johnson. They're missing Buster Screen. Marcus May, uh, Marcus May is out. He broke his thumb. So Kirk Cousins, who's had a nice year, I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards just like Andrew Luck did last week. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for the Jets. Let's throw um, some credit to Mo Claiborne, who's having a great year so far. He was good last year, too. Just yeah. a little play of Mo. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Carolina Panthers. Stumbled last week against the Redskins, and now they go uh, to Philly to face the Eagles, who whipped up on the Giants with ease. Uh, Mark Sessler, uh, did the Eagles get their mojo back after that statement win over the Giants? I think so. That game feels like it was five years ago, but it, it's that was one of that was the performance we were waiting for from the offense. The one thing about the Panthers watching that game against the Redskins, where Washington controlled them in the first half by generating turnovers and shutting down the run. And if you're Carolina and you can't run the ball, I don't see a lot of hope for this offense. And the Eagles have held teams under 80 yards rushing in five of six games. So from that standpoint, your challenge for Carolina is to do what no team has really done against the Eagles so far. I think you nailed it. When the Panthers don't run the ball, they're easy to beat. And and last week, even if they had run the ball, like you said, those turnovers, DJ Moore, you got to keep playing them, but those two lost fumbles were huge. and then That killed them. Busted coverage on Vernon, Vernon Davis twice. The defense, like, that's what the problem was. Yeah, for the for the concern that I raised on this show about their defensive tackle position, you said it with their run defense, and they have more quarterback hits on the defensive line than any team in the league. The Panthers have actually done a pretty good job protecting Cam Newton, the Tyler. Their Moten. offensive line coach is a wizard. Yeah, they always, they always manage to figure it out. It, it's not an easy game, but I think for right now, I'm, I'm, I've said it, Already that I'm I'm riding the Eagles, you know, until they lose. So I'm just gonna lock it up. Ooh, Ooh look at that! Ooh. Wait, all right. So then that would mean you'd be locking up next week at Jacksonville. It's in London. Ooh. And then there's a bye. Lock that up. That's what I. Like. So then I then I'll probably bye jump weekend. off and we'll we'll reevaluate at that mm. point. You're locking. I mean, up I week. can't lock them up during a bye. I think week. it's a good pick. Uh, yeah, I'll right. lock them up against Jacksonville. I'll lock them up next week. Let's do it. I think the Eagles are. Gonna... I don't care if Carson Wentz, you know. Leaves the country. If he's abducted other, by Chinese militants, you take him. This isn't like a gimme. You're going to lock right now and you can't unlock under any circumstances? I like Let's it. Let's do it. All right. Mark it down. We're going to forget. <laughs> I won't forget. It's pretty easy. This is a good pick, Greg, because I think the Eagles – now I'm starting to really think they're going to take control of this division, win it by a couple games. I think they're back, too. I think it's an 11-5 and five team, and uh, they're going to pick up wins like this at home. You got this one in the back. Congratulations. 
I don't think yeah. it's in the bag. I don't I think, think it's the in Panthers the bag. can beat anyone in the yeah, game. Yeah, they they have no, no one's beat no one's uh, blown out. <laughs> I was doing that for effect, guys. I mean, it was just <laughs> having a little fun, you know. That's all. My bad. No one's blowing out the Panthers. <laughs> they're they're in every. They're one of those. Te- I think they're a playoff type of team too. I agree. I like the Panthers. I have to make one one really quick announcement. Yes. Happy birthday, uh, belated birthday to Cameron Ritchie from Sydney. His girlfriend Francis. DM me quite a while ago asking me to say that, and I never did. Right. Uh, very nice girlfriend work, but don't if you if you're listening to this and think that we're are gonna, you the girlfriend? No, no, no. Oh. It's Sydney from oh. or, no Sydney. Francis from Sydney. They're from Australia. What month was his birthday in? October. But I'm a little late on the on the message. But uh, by the way, just for other listeners thinking that that's going to happen by contacting us about other birthdays, no. This is a one time. I was going to say it's a dangerous. It's a one time thing. Hmm. And I promised I would do it, and there it's it's out of the Although way. Although I would say if you were going to target any one of the four, Mark is your best chance. Yes. Do not. Do not. <laughs> I mean, without a doubt, if you ever want to reach the out truth, and do ha- not. have a more personal connection to our show, without a doubt, the best odds for any type of relationship. Uh, and I won't get into more details. Do how not to be even attempt, better odds. Do not attempt to. Mark Sessler's Instagram's event. good. Yeah. Do not attempt to get your birthday announced on this show through this channel at all. What, through this personal was, channel. When was his birthday again? I'd have to look. I believe it was October eighth or so. Right early. October. Cameron Ritchie, one time, one time event there. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, the Brownies. Uh, not looking too good at home last week against the Chargers, but that's in the rearview mirror now. They get to travel to Tampa to face one of the worst defenses in football. In fact, so bad that Mike Smith got the sword in the belly uh, this week, fired as the defensive coordinator. Uh, so here we are, Chris Wessling, the battle of two former number one overall picks, Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. And, and we credited Baker Mayfield quite a bit, threw some verbal bouquets, gave him some cupcakes. This Browns offense isn't doing much lately. I believe at one point they had 16 consecutive drives without a touchdown. They need to get Jarvis Landry more involved. I think the Chargers took away Baker Mayfield's first read quite a bit in that game. Antonio Callaway doesn't catch anything. Uh, they've got some issues. They've got – they have. they're very banged up at wide receiver – I don't like the way – like, it's 10 sacks for Mayfield in the last two games. He's getting hit. He played last game injured, and that injury absolutely affected him. I, I thought no so, doubt. too. I thought, like, right after that, they got back-to-back sacks. Is right he the injury report with that ankle? Uh, I'd have to check that out, but they acknowledged it this week. I This game, to me, and it's going to happen in this awful, awful Tampa sunlight that is unwatchable, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't like doing this, but I am locking up the Bucks. Wow. Oh. I just don't like where Cleveland's roster is right now. They're injured on both sides of the ball, and the Bucks are a hot mess. But well, this is just lock up the Bucks against your Browns. Yeah, the Bucks who are in complete disarray right now. Well, don't say that it's not gutsy. Hey, when everybody else zigs, Mark zags. You are this. You win either way. That is what I was thinking. Yeah, that's one of your moves. Because I almost went Lions, and then I decided no. You're, I, you're, a I like you're a co- fascinating, complicated man. Mark. I have noticed the days where on Sundays when the Browns lose and you lose your lock are very dark days. So this ensures that we're all in the clear. You can't, you can't go wrong. I'll be half annoyed. Unless there's a tie. I'll just be half annoyed. No, I don't do this tie thing. If they tie, I'm getting the lock. Wait, what? What? <laughs> you're locking up a win. Um, yeah. So if the Browns don't move the ball against the Bucks, though, something's very wrong. 
I think they have issues. I mean, yeah. I think the thing is, and like, well, I don't like this thing where, with the rookie quarterbacks in general, it's such a small sample size that we're almost. It's like because we forget that. Baker Mayfield, who was not perfect in that game, engineered a win against the Ravens. I still love Baker Mayfield. No, I do too. I'm not talking about what you said. It's just I feel on Twitter even, it's just like, oh, we're out, we're, we're done with Baker Mayfield. On to person X. And it's like, let, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't remove Baker Mayfield from this situation for five, $45 million. I mean, they're putting, they're putting up. They're going to put up yards. They're going to put up some points against Tampa. There's if we just, offered you $45 million, you would – I'm just saying I wouldn't trade Baker Mayfield for any quarterback in football. I think he's a perfect fit for the Browns, and I'm riding with him until the end. I don't care where that team is on a week-to-week basis under Hugh Jackson in 2018. I love it. Bucks got to get this win at home. They are lost three in a row. The timing was off with Jameis Winston a little bit last week, even though he ended up putting up a lot of numbers. But this isn't a team I've totally given up on. Yeah, anyways, because I, I feel like a passing game that can put up that much yardage week after week is going to have a shot. Yeah, they can't stay this bad on defense. There's no reason they should be this bad. They have players. Like, remember they signed Vinnie Curry? Maybe that was a terrible signing. Jason Pierre-Paul. Jason Pierre-Paul's played fine. He hasn't been the problem. But Levant, Levante hasn't Dayan, done much. Quan Alexander. Brent Grimes is definitely struggling. I mean, the whole secondary is, is their, the source of their problems. Moving on, the New Orleans Saints coming up there by 4-1. and one. Scoring a ton of points their last three weeks, 43-33 and 43. Uh, now here's a challenge. They're facing the Ravens, NFL's best defense this season, uh, coming off that 21 nothing record-breaking shutout of the Titans when they set a team record in sacks. Uh, so here is a great offense versus defense battle, Greg. And you, uh, just on yesterday's show, had a whole spiel about how <laughs> – Good offense beats good defense every day in the modern NFL. So, obviously, this game will not be a contest. In Baltimore, it should be. Why not? I mean, I'm talking about over the long run. Of course, some games defense are going to win. <laughs> but, yes, over the long run, yeah, I don't think the, Ra- I don't think the Ravens are going to be Don't bring it to- home and away now. You said it. You put a blanket on it. I, I didn't say every single game that a defense is not going to win. A good defense is going to win. having fun. But That's what I do. The Drew Brees – is not the same away from New Orleans. The stats say it's just it's just a fact that the Saints offense hasn't been the same. Uh, his worst statistical game this year probably was against the Giants, a game I thought he played well that the stats didn't really show it. They only have four games outside this year. They want to make a situation where they're playing indoors uh, throughout the playoffs, and to do that, you got to win games like this against the best pass defense in the league. But, yeah, that's why I don't really think the Ravens can win a Super Bowl, Dan, with, with this offense. Okay. I don't think they can. I think your theory applies to the Ravens more than any other team. I want to find out if this team is a flat-track bully, as the cricket t- cricketers say. They All last year we talked about they would murder any backup quarterback who came in there or a, an offense that wasn't working. They would they win 40 to nothing. And, you know, they beat the struggling Titans. They beat the Browns. Can you beat the Saints? I mean, this is a, this is a franchise quarterback. This is a good offense. Let's see and what those They've gotten a lot of their pressure through, you know, blitzes. And they have just such an array of, like, ways they can attack you. And this is such a good Saints offensive line. I mean, it's just, like, an amazing football porn matchup when that is happening. <laughs> okay. Gross. Um, this from the research notes, uh, to give a little context how great the Ravens have been at home. They're averaging six and a half fewer points per game, almost 72 yards less at home, have not allowed a passing TD at home this season. 
the only team in the NFL, and opposing QBs are under 50 passer rating. And Drew Brees, not that this matters as much, but the only team that he's never beaten in his career, the Ravens, 0-4 in his, uh, in his long, the one thing illustrious in, career. The one thing in Baltimore's long historic DNA is that that's one Super Bowl team that did win with a absolutely zero offense where they went through that playoff run by generating turnovers and points on defense. I, I think in your 2000, point that, in not, 2000, your point is that literally no 2000 that would not happen now. That right. was an aberration. That's what you're I, I agree with your point. Right. I mean, the, it, it's fun. It's ironic. The one Ravens team to get it done since then had a lousy defense. For the mm-hmm. most part, it wasn't really wasn't really their year. All right. Here's an NFC West battle that looked really good on paper uh, in the summer. Not so much now. The six and oh, Los Angeles Rams doing exactly what people thought they would this year, which is winning a lot, scoring a lot, uh, held off Denver last week. And now they travel to San Francisco to face uh, the Niners, who really, uh, Mark, put up in a very nice fight on Monday night in Green Bay. So they're fighting hard. We talked about it. We like their coaching staff. Uh, C.J. Beathard has a little bit more than maybe people gave him credit for going for him. But still a very tough matchup here at home against the Rams. Yeah, this is this is my favorite coaching matchup of the entire season so far. And it's it's easy, I think, for 49ers. They would have 49ers fans would have accepted to some degree if this team completely just went to sleep and waited until until next year. But I look at what uh, Kyle Shanahan has done with with very little, and it, to me, it's almost as impressive as what Sean McVay has done with a lot. I just think that this is going to be one of these matchups that every single year is going to be one of the most fascinating showdowns. And I I is where I would want to not watch the 49ers again potentially. What they did on Monday night completely changes what what I think about them. Everywhere Shanahan goes, he he dials us some of the best rushing attacks in the league. He maximizes players, and he's doing the same with C.J. Beathard, who I totally wrote off the minute Jimmy G went down. I was totally wrong. Their their defense is terrible, though. I it mean, is. I'm not saying got, that. I'm not saying they're going to win this game. written all over it. For yeah, yeah, that's. But I mean, the that's thing a, is, I thought that the, I thought the Packers were going to go destroy them too. And it's just that they That's find true. they find a way to hang in these games. This is not the one I'm pointing to. I just do think that Shanahan is the mon- one of the more fascinating coaches I, in the league. He he is, and and I hope they can figure out their roster because some of the pieces that you're thinking are going to be building blocks. They talked up Solomon uh, Thomas. Yeah, Solomon Thomas was benched last week essentially for for kind of a think drink. of all the superstars they passed up to draft him. Right. That was and he the, doesn't sack quarterback. That was at the top of a, a great draft. Akella Weatherspoon was a guy they talked about as like their next shutdown corner. He was benched last week. Richard Sherman's played great. Actually he's been a terrific signing. It's it's the rest of these young guys that a lot of whom Lynch has drafted that have struggled. Moving on the Dallas Cowboys Three and three coming off their best game of the year. They embarrassed the Jaguars 40 to seven in Jarrah World. Now travel to DC, a great old rivalry with the Redskins who are coming off a big win over uh, the Panthers. Uh, West, this is a battle for first place in the NFC East. Ow! I deemed this one the um, least likely to be locked up. I don't, th- I don't think anybody could tell you which team is better. They both want to play the mm. same style. They both want to take the early lead control the ball, and then let their defense shut people down. I think that's, to me, whichever team jumps out in front has to be the favorite here. But I did initially have this on my piece of paper. Wow. Lock the Cowboys, but something steered me away from that. Perhaps To, to, to your theory, the to your credit. The power of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, this yes. feels like the, the <laughs> most even matchup of the week, and it's two teams that want to play the same style. Coin flip game. Coin flip game? Well, we I want to see if the Cowboys, what they did last week, has some staying power. It was so out of the blue. 
they adapted a lot of the style that the Chiefs played with the week before against Jacksonville. I mean, it, it worked for the Chiefs, and the Cowboys were like, hey, let's just copy and do a lot of that stuff. Let's get Dak Prescott on the move. And suddenly they looked like a totally different offense. But they I told don't them, have Tyreek Hill. Right. No, I know they, they don't, don't have, have that, but maybe Kelsey. the offensive line has been playing better. They did. I told them choose some receivers. They chose their receivers. Malcolm Gallup played the whole game. Beasley played more snaps and got a ton of targets. Alan Hearns played the whole game, didn't do much, but at least they, they chose the receivers. And I will save on Austin's injury might help them out. Might be a little might be a little help there. Adrian Peterson has continued to look very good week after week. But when I watch this Redskins like again in that Panthers game, it just feels like a team that is overly reliant on their running back and their two tight ends and there's not much else happening with this offense at all. And Alex Smith is getting killed on occasion. Josh Doxson's been a bust. Alex Smith has essentially reverted to his pre-Chiefs He's got to watch the Chiefs' offense and be so jealous at this point and that he has a yes. chance. It's got to be uh, frustrating for the Redskins, who gave that guy a lot of money. The the fear that maybe he is just going to be this guy, unless you get better weapons around him. Uh, so this is going to be a good test, though, for Smith, who really needs a good game, but he's against a pretty good Cowboy defense. I'm going with Dallas there. Yeah, pick this game. If we're going to coin flip it, let's pick it. Let's have some. I almost locked the Cowboys, so I'm going to go Dallas. I'm going Redskins. I don't expect the Cowboys to do on mm. the road exactly what they did at home. I, I'm going to go Cowboys. I don't know why it is, but for some reason, David Irving seems like their Jenga piece. It's like whenever they have David Irving playing, they are a different team. He's good. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, oh, came so close to a huge defining win over the Steelers that would have had them at 5-1 at and alone in the top of the AFC North. Said they get beat in the last seconds, and now they have to hit the road to face the Chiefs. And one thing that um, – uh, has kind of been lost a little bit in this incredible Chiefs start. And, yes, they got beat by the Pats 43-40 on Sunday, but still a lot to be excited about, is that in their 5-1 and one start, four of their first six games have been on the road. So now they're going to start playing, stacking up some games at home, starting with the Bengals. Seems like a really good spot for them, uh, Greg Rosenthal. It does, just because I think they have as good a home field advantage as any team in the league. And I, I think the only way that you're going to disrupt the Chiefs is with a pass rush, and the Bengals have been a little disappointing defensively overall and certainly with the pass rush, which doesn't really make sense because Geno Atkins is amazing and Carlos, Carlos Dunlop's Dunlop. had a good year. But if you just look at the numbers, like no one else is doing anything. And I think it's – I think the Patriots – I don't know if it was a blueprint, but I think they showed – you can't just line up and play the Chiefs. You got to throw – you got to throw some junk at them. Throw, you know, throw some spitters, you know. Do some cheating. Rub that baseball up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess I did. Well, you see, yeah, okay. So the Patriots <laughs> cheated to beat that shit. the Chiefs. Oh, okay, I'm with right, you on that. I'll follow that. There's your headline. Left yourself wide. I'm just saying you can't line up, and that's kind of what the Bengals do. You know, they, they're they a pretty basic vanilla defense. But what do you want them to do when you say that? A little more explanation. Like trick plays? And- I think they miss Paul Gunther, who was their coach uh, a year ago. It's kind of a vanilla zone scheme where they have a very good secondary who's underperforming, and I think it's because they're putting them in, in bad positions. Well, their pass rush was the difference when they beat Miami, but it's not been there every week, and neither is the run-stopping ability. I, I could not look myself in the mirror in this game. I wanted to pick the Chiefs, and I just when I thought about it, I just can't picture the Bengals winning in Kansas City. And I think the Chiefs are going to pick on their coverage. I think, especially with Nick Vigil out, who's the linebacker from the, from the Bengals who's going to hang with your Tyreek Hills or, or 
Travis Kelsey or Kareem Hunt in coverage. Well, Vontaze Burvick's going to try to maim someone probably. He'll use like that green that dust counts. that wrestler had. What was I noticed he didn't mention dust? Sammy Watkins, though. It's like you mean, you mean arrogance? Rick the Model Martels. No, uh, it was like alone? some sort of uh, more bizarre figure who would like maybe it was Adrian Adonis or something. He would like he would had that little wind thing and he would shoot green dust out of it in the eyes while the ref wasn't looking. Adonis a little before my time, but uh, Rick Martel had a cologne called Arrogance, which is perfect for his character. And he'd spray it in his opponent's face and he'd say, "You people have no class." He would say to the audience, <laughs> "Good for him." What is he the son of Dirty Dick Martel? Maybe. It is a kind of familial Whoa. type um, mm-hmm. world, professional wrestling. I'm going to look that up. Nepotism. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this game, gentlemen? Um, no. That I, I just couldn't look myself in the mirror and, and pick the, the Chiefs. I, I think, get it. I they're think in it, a good spot here. I, I think the Bengals are a borderline playoff team, but mm. I don't think they're in the Chiefs league. Not, uh, that was, not in uh, Kansas That was City. a big loss last week for Cincinnati. I, I was going to mention how, like, Weston mentioned Sammy Watkins as one of those weapons. Well, he's not going to be matched up on a linebacker. Ever. Right. That's, and, that's why I didn't mention But he also, yeah, they've gotten him in a couple run-after-catch situations, but it's like he's not producing anything. You almost forget he's he, on this team sometimes. He's, he's getting paid $17 million. Sammy Watkins has done – uh, has made more money, I would say, and kind of more hype for less production. Mm. Um, well, Sam than, Bradford, than maybe? a lot of than a lot of wide receivers I can think of this oh. this decade. He's what? a good player. How much is Tyreek Hill going to want if if right? Steve that's Lock what I mean. But he's on pace for like 600 yards. I'm saying for 17 million dollars, you would have thought he would have been a bigger I think part he's of moving his offense. Well. Yeah. Basically, when they have to give Tyreek Hill like an Odell level contract. They'll immediately cut Sammy Watkins or trade him when they have the ability to do so without I, killing himself. I don't think you're wrong. No, I, I sounds about right. Exactly four teams right. in four years. By the way, Rick Martell, uh, not related to that guy, whoever you mentioned. Who was it? Dirty Dick Martell. Yeah, no, his no different last name actually. It's a stage name for Rick. <laughs> Finally, uh, the New York Giants, also known as Hoodieman, hmm. stink. They're one in five. <laughs> Uh, outclassed by the Eagles last week, and now they're uh, heading to uh, Atlanta to face the Falcons, who uh, got a win over Tampa Bay, 34-29. A narrow victory came uh, really down to a Deshaun Watson, uh, Deshaun Jackson unable to scoop up a loose ball that would have won the game for the Bucks. But the Falcons survive. They're still hanging around at 2-4, and four, Mark. Uh, but they got to take care of business against the Giants. The Giants, as bad as the Falcons' defense is, they might have finally found an offense that's not going to shred them. This is one of the more depressing Monday night football matchups of my adulthood, and here are four things that I'm going to do instead of watching this game. That was bad. This is up there. Four things that I'm going to do instead of watching this. Okay. I'm not even going to rewatch this. Okay. Ever. How are you going to talk about it on our Twitter I am not going to talk about it. You'll be silent during I will not say a word. You're, you're wh- Unless I change my mind. <laughs> Here are four things I will do. One, I feel like that's what's going to happen. Throw down the gauntlet. I am going to take out a bunch of math books from the Culver City Library on Monday afternoon and relearn the concept of rise over run, which I somewhat remember from high school. Huh. I'm going to take a fleet of hallucinogenics and wander around my backyard in winter clothing. Way more believable. So normal. That feels... You're going to uh, do drugs. That feels real. Okay. Go on a wine tour with Gwyneth Paltrow and that person, Apple, I don't who is think her that's a good daughter. That, that's going to happen after you take the drugs. Yes. It would also be kidnapping. In your own mind. I, I think I'd rather watch the Giants. <laughs> this one feels possible. Attend a rave in downtown Los Angeles and maybe not get back in time for Tuesday's Twitter show. You have connected with me multiple times about the idea of doing that, and I'm always kind of like, yeah, that's a good idea. And then here we are getting older and older. I'm totally going to go. <laughs> I mean, not maybe not Monday night, but at some point. 
What are you gonna Old do? Old is a like state of mind. Google rave in downtown. Uh, there are a couple websites that we've actually looked at. You can't use a website, guys. See, I just ask Erica where there to go. There you go. I just we get to a point where it's like everyone's gonna think we're cops. You know, that's the thing I. I about. The maybe thing is, I'm a I don't. More I don't care at all what anyone thinks about what I'm doing at all if I'm in a rave. I will not care. I think that's the proper rave attitude. I know. That's why maybe I don't fit in. <laughs> but I really do want to go with. I'm that. concerned because you fit in like a year ago, and you've you've now you now are showing. I'll go with you, Mark. Getting older. You want to go I Monday used night? To go to some. Used to go to some raves with my brother up in Montreal. I mean, <laughs> some raves in New Orleans. Let's like this kind let's of party. Do it. You're not going. I would do it. I would do if nothing else would be good for the podcast. Be a great story. Be great. Uh, was, is that your list? That was all four. Uh yes. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so that's it. We will be back on Sunday recapping all the games that we just previewed. I like that the fact that Mark um isn't gonna watch it, then precluded even just talking about the game whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We'll I think talk. I did us all a favor. We will be talking about it in depth on the Tuesday Twitter show if you, if you care to check that out. And I don't know if that's selling the show, uh, but we will be. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday night with our recap pod. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss. And Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. She's the one who knows where to go. Till Sunday night. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.